and welcome to First Cause and Daniel York's weekly devotional. We trust that God will use it to encourage and inspire you in your life journey. Thanks, Jeanette. This week's devotional is entitled, An Email to Jesus. Our passage of meditation is taken from Luke chapter 15, verse 2. And the Pharisees and scribes were complaining, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Our pastor recently received an anonymous email that was highly critical of himself and his executive pastor. As an elder, I can honestly share that this kind of message serves only to discourage leaders. The person criticizing picks apart whatever he or she disagrees with, is not part of a solution, and hides behind a cloak of anonymity rather than come and personally share what is misunderstood. It's too easy to be critical. It is also immature to lob rocks from the other side of the hill. I've written this reveration to encourage all of those who are involved in the front lines of ministry. Don't quit. Don't let criticism get the better of you. After all, if Jesus was living today, I suspect he might get an email like the following. Dear Jesus, first let me just say that I'm a longtime admirer And what you have done to help the church is certainly appreciated. I know you work hard and that you truly care. However, I feel it is only right to share with you that many of us are talking and are deeply concerned by many of your words and actions, which appear to lack mature judgment. In fact, while we would hope that your intentions are noble, it feels to many of us like you can be harsh at times attention-seeking, and perhaps not willing to make the corrections we feel are warranted if you are to be successful here. In an effort to help our church, please consider the following nine items. Number one, your team selection is a source of great concern. You chose only men. No women or minorities are represented on the team. You seem intent on developing. Furthermore, many of these men do not have college degrees, and have engaged in behavior that is a poor reflection on our church. More on this later. Did you take the time to do background checks? Before choosing, who did you vet your reasons with? While we commend you for praying all night before choosing, it seems only wise that you would have sought approval from the religious community. Particularly alarming is that you would ask a tax collector to be part of your team. Are you not aware of how bad Matthew's reputation is in our community? We suggest in the future that any selections be made through approved committees. Number two, your teaching, while often brilliant and eloquent, can also at times seem very poorly thought out. For example, in your Sermon on the Mount, you say that we are blessed when people insult and persecute us because of you. This seems to set you up to do whatever you want, and we just have to go along with it and take questionable criticism, which, by the way, does not make us feel blessed. You said that looking at a woman lustfully is akin to committing adultery, and while we can understand the depth of your zeal, why would you ask us to gouge our offending eyes out? You have even spoken to your team about cutting their hands and feet off if they are to blame for sin. That not only is a dangerous practice, but how are we supposed to take care of ourselves and our families if we've impaired our eyesight or lost limbs? And why are you tampering with and overturning Moses' law about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? This was sound logic that kept people from poor behavior, and now you seriously want us to accept getting slapped 
or let people take our coats? You said not long ago in a local church that unless we eat your flesh and drink your blood, we will not have life. This is disgusting and makes people think you expect us to be cannibals. There must be better analogies you could use. While we do appreciate stories, do you have to constantly use parables? After all, what good is a parable if most of your listeners don't understand the point? Why not consider expository preaching verse by verse through the Torah? Number three, you seem to have a lack of social awareness. You commended a Roman centurion as having more faith than any of us. This was very offensive. This man is a foreigner and member of a despised occupying military. Then we heard you spent half a day with an immoral woman in an off-limits town while your disciples were away. Do you not understand the gossip that elicits? You act at times as if you despise your own people but love foreigners. This is very twisted and alarming to us. Number four, you appear to often be very insensitive. When a prospective follower simply asked to bury his father, you wouldn't let him. That seems very callous and uncompassionate. You set our family ministry back years by insulting your mother and brothers, by calling those around you your family and ignoring them. Please don't do this again. By the way, it doesn't help to have your own brothers criticizing you. You know they don't believe in you. Please spend more time with them as they are part of what you should consider as ministry. If they don't believe you and they are your own family, why should anyone else believe you? And while we're on this topic, you ask us to deny ourselves to follow you. Shouldn't you be denying yourself to serve us? Why are we expected to make all the changes? Number five, why is it necessary to antagonize other religious leaders? You don't follow our established religious rules, and this just seems to offend them, and you lose credibility. Now your own disciples have no problem breaking the rules. More egregious, you go on the offensive and call other religious leaders hypocrites and embarrass them publicly. You even said they were blind. How is this building unity in the church? Don't you realize that a house divided cannot stand? And a word of knowledge. Only criticize in private, not in public, if you want to gain any respect. Number six. Clearly, you may need to enroll in anger management for several reasons. It has come to our attention that you called Peter Satan. How outrageous! How could you do this? Equate one of your most loyal followers with the devil himself. Some of your team informed us that you criticized them for not having enough faith. That seems very belittling and judgmental on your part. Do you think you have the corner on faith? You appear to have lost it at the main temple. Turning over tables and using a whip on people just for selling religious items is unacceptable. How is that loving? What gives you the right to treat people that way? Don't you get that you will only make enemies by this kind of irresponsible behavior? And don't you think calling for our biggest temple to be destroyed shows jealousy and irrational thought on your part? Number seven, why are you so obsessed with dying? You talk about it all the time. It appears you may have some kind of martyr complex. This is not healthy, and we suggest you get counseling. Number eight, you often spend time with people of questionable character, and we wonder if you even care about your reputation. We've seen you with crooks, cheaters, prostitutes, and people that pander to the enemy. Letting a prostitute waste expensive perfume on you seems like narcissist behavior. 
That money could have gone to buying clothing and food for the poor. What a waste. Number nine, finally we question how you determine to use your power. For example, you turned water into wine. Do you really think it is wise to promote alcohol given its abuse in the community? When you fed the 5,000 and the 4,000, do you see the harmful precedent you set? Now the people expect us to provide food every time there is a major event. On occasion, you have healed every person brought to you from whatever is wrong, demon possession, sickness, etc. Don't you think you should exercise discretion? Some of those people no doubt deserve the problems they have, and you are seemingly letting them off the hook. Now, Jesus, there are many more things we could bring up, but in the spirit of love and prudence, we didn't want to throw you under the bus. We recognize that you are the best at drawing big crowds, that overall, people seem to love you, and certainly many of us have directly benefited from your ministry. So, please take this as constructive criticism and make the necessary adjustments. We will gladly help you select an accountability team of the most respected elders. Respectfully, Matthew 17, 4 at gmail.com. Our inspirational thought comes from Oswald Chambers in My Utmost for His Highest. The average Christian is the most penetratingly critical individual. Criticism is part of the ordinary faculty of man, but in the spiritual domain, nothing is accomplished by criticism. Thanks for listening. If you would like to learn more about First Cause or receive our weekly devotionals by email, just go to www.firstcause.org and click on the free weekly devotionals button. Our goal is to give you something to think about in Reveration.